And welcome back to another edition of On The Board Sports. I'm your host, Will Cherucci, a.k.a. Will C., coming to you from Gotham Podcast Studios in Manhattan, joined by our wonderful producer, Johnny, controlling the ones and twos back there in the studio. He's doing a fine job back over there, as always. And I'm joined by my main man, Sean Thomas, a.k.a. Sean T. Sean, how are you? Will, I am doing good, sir. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right for a uh, how do you how do you say this a parlay Thursday? You know, I know you've been saying it, so I'll say there it. I'll, 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 I'll get there into you go. it. There you go. I'll get into it right now. You know, <laughs> so it's parlay Thursday. It's August first, the day after the MLB trading deadline. Lots to talk about here. Plenty of moves made yesterday. None by the Yankees, although there was one, I believe. But we'll get into that in a minute. But it was it was minor. As opposed to what the other moves were made, just want to give, before we go on, just want to give one quick shout out here to Body Armor, our sponsor. Body Armor is awesome with a capital A. If you haven't gotten a a bottle of Body Armor yet, go out there and get it. It's probably better than Gatorade in my opinion, but what do I know? You know, I'm just a, I'm just a 28 year old guy that drinks it, that likes it and, you know, works out and plays and tries to get hydrated sean i know you probably had your fair share of body armor so you know it's uh it's, it's pretty good it's pretty good so you go out there and you get your body armor today so that's right anyway that's right. getting back to the uh mlb trading deadline and like i said lots to talk about here on this edition of on the board sports but we begin with the new york yankees and with everybody uh, making a big deal about this trading deadline because the Yankees, they didn't acquire the pitching that was out there. But realistically, what pitching was out there on the market on the trading deadline yesterday? We knew for a fact that Zach Greinke wasn't coming to the Yankees because of his anxiety problems. And Zach Greinke was a part of that no-trade list for uh for the Yankees here and they you know it wasn't going to work it just wasn't going to happen but the Astros wound up landing him and he pitched yesterday in in uh at Yankee Stadium and he wound up pitching a gem obviously the Diamondbacks lost but yet they're still they still wound up moving Granky to Arizona and with everything that's going on right now and with everything that has happened it Everybody's talking about this in, in the in the newspapers and everybody's talking about this on sports talk radio because this is this is realistically the the most obvious talked about thing. The Yankees didn't get their guy. The Yankees didn't get a starter, they didn't get a pitcher. And for Cashman, for Brian Cashman, the Yankee general manager, there's a lot of fury from the Yankee fan because they didn't get a pitcher. They didn't go out there and make a move, right? My thing is, when there's nobody out there, A, you don't make a move to make a move. We've talked about this with the New York Islanders when the Islanders needed to get a top six winger. And Lou Lamarillo didn't want to give up on the prospects. And in turn... There was really nothing out there. He thought he was going to get fleeced out of a deal. He had guys coming back from the uh, 
injury injury list, and they wound up making it all the way to the second round. Now, the Islanders are much different than the Yankees. I get that. But in professional sports, you don't make a move to make a move just because. The Yankees right now in place have Luis Severino on the injured list, and they have Dylan Batances on the injured list, and they also have a guy in Jordan Montgomery on the injured list. One of those three, even all those three, can come back and could possibly come back in their quest for October baseball. Now, my thing is, you know, we get everything that goes on. Okay, Sean, we get everything that goes on here. My thing is with the fans and even with these New York media, the media guys, they got to have something to do for their job in order to make money. I get that. I understand that. It's part of their job. The fans, they're like chicken little. Oh, it's over. Arizona got Zach Granke. That's it. It's not over. Remember in 2014 when Detroit acquired David Price at the trading deadline? Remember that? Remember when everybody talked about this three-headed monster and Zach Granke? uh, I'm sorry. David Price, Justin Verlander, and the other name is coming off on me right now, but they had a legit three-headed... And Max Scherzer. And they had a they had a three-headed monster. And what happened? They got swept in the playoffs in 2014 against the Baltimore Orioles, who wound up getting swept in the second round by the Royals. But, you know, everybody forgets about that. People talk about the 2011... 2010-2011 Philadelphia Phillies four-headed monster when they had Roy Halladay, Cliff Lee, uh, Cole Hamels, and Roy Oswald. That was the best rotation since the invention of sliced bread. And, you know, everybody's talking about that. Oh, they're going to make it to the World Series. They didn't. They wound up losing to the Cardinals in five games. And... That rotation was only there for a good maybe a year, a year and a half. And those all those two teams were all in at that point. What happened after that? What happened after that for those franchises? They went down the chute. They went down the chute after that. So, Sean... My question to you is, is this a big deal? Are Yankee fans making a big deal? I'm a Yankee fan, and I'm saying they're making a big deal over nothing because once this team goes into October baseball, anything's possible. Anything's possible. The favorites here, this, this, and that. All these media outlets are talking about, you know, all, you know, the Yankees, they're so much worse off without the pitching and all that stuff, it it doesn't matter because once October comes around, and everybody talks about the stats, I get the stats, I get that they're dead last. They're almost in in very, very low uh, territory with regards to the pitching stats right now as far as the starters go. But once October baseball comes around, anything is possible. Sean, what's your take? Well, well, my take is this. I, I feel like it's a double-edged sword from the perspective of this. I do think Yankee fans have a queef or beef, but I don't think they do at the same time, and I'll tell you why. I think they do because, well, yes, they're in first place, and yes, you know, they're running away with the 
the vision, so on and so forth, and you see what I'm saying? Yada, yada. But at the end of the day, well, you can make a case that the Yankees are where they are at because not because of the rotation they have. You can make a case that they are where they are because of the offense and because they've been able to persevere through Judge being hurt, Stanton being hurt, LeMahieu being hurt, uh, Didi being hurt, and Duhar out for the year, blah, 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 blah. The Yankees have continued to persevere because they brought up guys not in the rotation. They brought up guys from the farm, and those guys continued. Well, those guys produced when you didn't think they were or you weren't expecting them to do so. So they have a beef there because it's like, yeah, you know, we're about to get, you know, 70 wins and we're only at August 1st. But, you know, we're at this point because we outscore everyone. It's almost like the Kansas City uh, Chiefs, Well, The Chiefs went 13-3 and or 12-4 and last year, not because their defense was great. It was because Patrick Mahomes outscored every team that they beat. So they have a beef there where it's like, you know, one arm wouldn't have hurt. But I do understand where Brad Cashman is coming from, you know what I'm saying? Because if the asking price was too crazy, obviously you don't want to mortgage the future for a guy that probably won't resign or a guy you have no interest in beyond one year. But, well, with that being said, I don't think they have a beef because it's not like the Yankees have a bunch of scrubs. Tanaka can be an ace. CC, even though he's in his last year, he, he is still a serviceable guy. Paxton, when he's on, he's on. J.A. Happ, when he's on, he's on. And Domingo Herman is probably the best pitcher that you guys have. And whether Severino comes back this year or not, that's still a uh, wait and see. So the starting rotation guys that they have are all quality arms. They just have to pitch better. You have to pitch knowing that my offense is going to give me minimum four runs, minimum four or five runs every game, every start. If I could hold the four to two runs, three runs with the bullpen that we have, we should be able to win. And I think that's part two to why the Yankees fans will don't have a beef because the Yankees have the best bullpen in the league. And as we know, the postseason always becomes a bullpen game. Mixed match, mixed match, lefty, righty, OBS, OPS, blah, 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 blah. And you can make a serious case, Well, The Dodgers aren't back-to-back champions because of the mismanagement of the bullpen that Dave Roberts did. It wasn't because Henry and you didn't pitch well, Kenton, my hater didn't pitch well, Kershaw didn't pitch well, Buter didn't pitch well, because they all did. But the postseason is always a bullpen game where you mix and match, and that is a strength of this team. So I think from those two standpoints, Brian Cashman was smart to stand pat. Do not mortgage the future for a bum gun who probably won't return at the end of the year for, and guys that won't make a big deal. Robbie Ray wasn't going to make a big deal. Matt Boyd wasn't going to make like a big dent. You know what I'm saying? So I think they did the smart thing standing pat. And 
obviously as a Yankee fan, Will, you guys better hope and pray that that is the right move because I think it is. I think that when it comes down to the postseason, the Yankee fans will see that it's not a big deal. But from that standpoint, it's a double-edged sword because the fans that have a beef have a point. And will the fans like you that think he made the right move have a point as well? You also got to look, too, at this, okay, with where the Yankee fan is not really thinking of as far as tomorrow goes, as far as next year goes, and as far as everybody's talking about, oh, win now, win now, win now. Here's here's the fact of reality, okay? Brett Gardner is going to be a free agent at the end of the year, okay? Giancarlo Stanton has an opt-out after 2020. In the next year and a half, you don't know what you're going to get. And as far as as far as baseball is as a whole, the every franchise changes just about. And there's been a lot of parity over the past over the past five to ten years in this game. There has been. You saw over the course of in 2015, when the Royals were an old small market team that had a lot of prospects, you know, wound up growing. They won the World Series. The Cubs, they broke their 108-year curse, and they wound up winning. The 2017 Astros, who were predicted by Sports Illustrated back in 2014 to win the World Series, wound up winning it all. And the Red Sox, they had a lot of their homegrown guys too as well. They didn't go out there outside of spending money on uh, J.D. Martinez. They wound up mashing and killing everybody in last year's postseason run to the World Series. The Yankees have learned from their lesson from years ago. And George Steinbrenner right now, if he were alive right now, would probably be fuming, but also... You got to understand this. You got to understand this. If you if you lose and you don't get back anybody, you don't get back the championship. You don't get the free agent, the free and now with everybody with free agency and the players and social media and everything like that, I think people try and stay away from the the whole New York spotlight and you know the kids are coming up here and they're they're playing and plus it's not a free agent game anymore it's not it's a younger players game that's what it comes down to at the end of the day that's what it comes down to people okay it's a younger it's a younger man's game if you go out there and play hard and you know if you see them playing hard and everything like that it's going to happen it's going to happen but those four teams that I mentioned before that won it all, those are four different four different teams with a nucleus that had that was built up. And now you're talking about trying to throw that all away for, for a chance to win now. And you know, if you if you do, do that, you're going back into back into the time machine and then you see in the nineteen eighties, nineteen nineties New York New York Yankees again, you know? That's the one thing that that kills it for me. And then and then on top of that, on top of that, you look at the schedule that they went up against, okay? Prior to 
you know, the Red Sox series, their last series loss was against Cleveland, at Cleveland, from the weekend of June 7th to the 9th. And they wound up winning all these series and splitting all these series from that time out. A month of baseball is a lot of games. That's 30 games. Baseball is a marathon. You have to understand that, people. Baseball is a marathon. It's not a sprint. The best team doesn't win in October. The team that has, the team that goes out there and plays, that has the pitching and the timely hitting, those are the teams that win in October. Those paper teams that we all predict at the beginning of the year, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen like that. You know, that that's what it comes down to. So. But, well, at the same time, one thing to keep in mind here is and every point you made is 100% right. But the one thing you have to keep in mind is you don't want a season like this where you are clearly the best team in the American League in the East. And you're going to win the division probably by 10-plus games. You don't want a season like that where you have Boston dead to rights, Tampa dead to rights. The Yankees own the Twins. I don't care about the Twins. The Indians traded Trevor uh, Bauer, and even though they got Fiasio, Puig, I don't think that they are a threat. The Yankees have one team to worry about, if you ask me, Will, and that is Houston. So from a Yankee fan standpoint, what did Houston do? And I'm sure we're going to get into it, Will. They acquired Zach Greinke. Uh, and the Yankee fans are like, well, damn, a guy that I wanted or that we wanted went to probably the only team we have to worry about in the American League. So I can see the panic. I can see the frustration in that. But it goes back to my original point. You traded for James Paxton, and he has not been worth the trade so far. So far. He has to step up his game. You gave a 34-, 35-year-old J.A. Happ a four-year deal. He has to step up his game. CC, I mean, I mean, well, look, at the end of the day, CC is what CC is. You just hope and pray he gives you five and gets it uh, uh, to the pen. But Tanaka is really the guy that has to step up well because if Sereno doesn't come back, oh, well, I mean, even if he does, most likely Tanaka will be starting game one of whatever series, probably of them all. And his last couple in outings has not looked well. He has not pitched well. And you need to make sure you have him right because I don't – and I was listening to a radio show and they made a good point. Well, you don't want a situation where Tanaka gets bombed, Severino isn't back yet, and you have a winner-take-all game five or a, a Lima in the, in the nation game, and on the mound is James Paxton. On the mound is J.A. Happ. On the mound is – Domingo Herman. So I think that's where the frustration and that's where the fear comes in. But that leads me to a question I wanted to ask you, Will. I heard this on the radio, and I, and I think it's a very interesting take. I doubt they would do it, but I want to ask you. Since they did not make the move, since they are concerns about the starting rotation, do you think the Yankees, not every game, but do you think for certain games or for the postseason, 
they should adopt what Tampa Bay has done. Start with a guy for the first inning or two and then have the starter uh, come in. Is that something you would think would help? Is that something you would like to see them do? What's your take on it? Uh, Personally, I think it's going to go that route. You know, I think if, let's just say hypothetically right now, and the schedule right now for the Yankees going in, before we go to October, let's focus in on who they're going to play up against, okay? They're going to be playing Boston this weekend. Series starts Friday. Three-game set. Actually, a four-game set because it's a, you're going to have a doubleheader as part of a, uh, a makeup game from May 30th being postponed. Then they go out on the road and they play the Orioles down in Baltimore. Then they go against a young, a young loaded team in Toronto. Don't discount Toronto. There'll be a spoiler down the stretch. And Baltimore, too, another team that's like up and down. Even though the record says what they are right now, they are what they are. But they, they're they just a weird team, Baltimore. Baltimore is just a weird team where they go out there and they play hard, but they just, their record speaks for themselves, you know? Then they go out, they play Cleveland. Then they go out on the West Coast for a nine-game set where they play Oakland, the Dodgers, and then the Mariners. And then they come back home at the end of the month, and then they go up against the Athletics going into September. And then here's where it gets interesting right now. And I'll get to your question in a minute, Sean, because this is really interesting. Okay, then they play up against the Rangers in September. They go up to Boston. And then after that, you know, anything is uh, is anything can happen at that point in time in September. But, uh, you know, as far as your question with the opener goes, you know, I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen where come down the stretch, you're going to have an opener. You might have uh, a Garcia coming up from the from the uh, minors and having having opening games for the Yankees. And then you go out there and you have another you have a middle reliever guy, maybe a Paxton or maybe a CC Sabathia coming back from the IL or even a. Uh, even a Severino, we don't know. Or a Nestor Cortez going in in middle re- relief, we don't know. But it's it's looking that way. The game is definitely going that way in that uh, in that regard. And, you know, when October does come around, I mean, the Oakland A's, they tried doing that last year for an inning where they tried having an opener in the wild card. And what happened? That wound up being the difference maker in that first inning. Aaron Judge hits the home run to give the Yankees, I believe it was a 2 nothing lead, at that time, but it's just something that, you know, it, it's inevitable. It is going to happen. And because of the fact that all these pitchers and all these, you know, they're looked at as investments. It, they're gone is the day where you have a guy going seven innings, eight innings. It, it's a rarity now. It really is. And you're seeing guys going four or five innings. You have a pitch count of 100 pitches and, you know, an innings limit here and, Gone are the days of the workhorse. Gone are the days of of that. And yeah, I I personally do see that happening uh, come October. Now, Will, the one thing I can't say, and I'm sure we're, we're going to get to this uh, next. The Mets gave up pennies for Marcus Truman. The Mets gave up Anthony Kay and this Simeon Richardson, whatever his name is, pretty much a double A guy. Class A guy. And to me, 
that that screams to me. Brian Cashman has no interest in Marcus Stroman from the standpoint of it's clear the Yankees could have offered Toronto the better prospects for a Marcus Stroman. The reason why I would have liked Stroman on the Yankees is because obviously, well, he knows the American League. So that would have helped. But number two, I feel, and I feel he's going to do this for the Mets. He would have definitely did this for the, the Yankees. I feel like he's going to give the role, give the team like an infusion of just like an energy, like just this bundle of like, just this guy that is going to come in and just like psych like everyone up. I really feel he's going to do that. And I feel like in the post season, he could have been a long relief guy or even a starter because he's pitched in big games too. He's pitched in an AO uh, wildcard game, an AOCS, an ALDS. So he's used to pitching in high leverage games. That's the one move that if it didn't cost you much, I would have made that move. I'm assuming it was either one of two things. Well, either Cashman doesn't think highly of a showman to give up prospects for, or because it's a, in the division trade, Toronto was asking, like their asking price was way too high. Maybe they wanted a, and Duhar and a, and a Floriel or whatever the case is. I'm assuming it's one of those two things, but, Seeing what the Mets got for Stroman, clearly the Yankees could have offered a better a package. Well. well, you also heard the rumor too. I I heard a rumor and saw it on on my uh, on my phone through Bleacher Report that the Mets they were actually thinking about flipping Marcus Stroman to the Yankees, but the Yankees said and Brian Cashman said no. You know, he he said no about it. But as far as Stroman goes. With the Mets, listen, they picked up a solid pitcher. Obviously, when he was with Toronto, you know, things haven't really worked out as far as his record goes. But his earned run average is absolutely pretty pretty good so far this year. He's been giving up under three runs. And, you know, you look at everything that goes on within the Mets. The Mets are only four and a half out of the wild card spot. Last week, after what had happened against the Giants, you know, they're going up against the under five under 500 teams and in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's done. Chicago and the White Sox, they're done at this point. But these are the teams that you feast off of and you take care of. Now, if you go up against the the Pirates now this weekend, and I will be in attendance in, in Pittsburgh on Saturday, by the way. I will be in Pittsburgh Saturday for the game against the uh, the Mets and the Pirates. But the Mets are right there. The Mets are right there for that second wild card spot. Anything is possible. Our, you know... Sean, I know you're a Mets fan, and I know we all want to talk about Yankees at this point, but the Mets are absolutely, they're doing something right now that might be, and I know, I know, I know what's going on in your head right now. You're saying to yourself, just when I thought they were done, they pull me right back in. And they're right there. What's your what's your thoughts? Well, absolutely not. I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm not drinking the punch. I'm not drinking anything, Will. Four and a half. Will, and, and here's the crazy part. The National League is so bad. Like you just said, the Mets are four and a half out. They still got to jump like seven teams <laughs> because 
the National League is that bad where everybody is like 58 and 52, 55 and 55. Like, that's how, like, I didn't think the NL Central would be bad. I mean, I knew they would beat up on one on another, so I'm not surprised with that, but I'm surprised that, you know, they don't, they haven't beaten up on everybody else. But, well, I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid yet. Well, Arizona traded Zach Greinke, and they're ahead of the Mets. <laughs> Teams ahead of the Mets sold. So, so, so I mean, yeah, that can help. But, but, well, I'm not drinking it. I don't care if they tie. If 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 they take the lead, well, if they're a half game out, September Labor Day, then okay, cool. But, well, I can see us going into Pittsburgh. Losing two out of three, I believe we host um Miami, but after that, and the Marlins always seem to beat us when we need to beat them. It seems like that's always the case. So, well, if if we are less than three games late, again, we talk to you. Well, until then, I'm not buying with the. Well, look, I mean. You look at the schedule that's in place right now, okay? They play today, 2 o'clock game against the White Sox over at U.S. Cellular Field or whatever they call it now, all right? And then they go on the road, like I said, they play Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh for three, and then they go back home for a seven-game series because of the doubleheader on Monday as a makeup for May 12th. They play the Marlins on August 5th. And then after that, they play up against the Nationals for the weekend, and then they play the Braves. And this is where it gets interesting for the Mets because this is this is actually pretty pretty important here. You're going up against, you know, NL East teams. I'm just counting right now. Twelve times, twelve times in the month of. In the month of August, they could definitely cut some ground. They could definitely make up some ground here. And anything is possible. The rotation is set, you know, with Stroman, with Syndergaard, with with uh, Jacob DeGrom, with Zach Wheeler, Steven Matz. Jason Vargas is out of the picture now. You know, that's your five going here on out. They could go out there and just about win every series two out of three. And then going into... September, I know we're, we're, I'm thinking ahead here, but you have to think ahead sometimes, okay? In the month of September, you have thirteen games in the division, thirteen games in the in within the division alone in September. There's a lot of there's a lot of makeup here to be made. There is, there is. Don't well, don't I I Sean I know where you're coming from. Labor Day weekend. <laughs> Labor Day weekend. Will we can have this convo? I am not doing what I've done before. Will well, this summer has been pretty good because we all know what happened to my Brooklyn Nets. Will the Islanders? We made some solid moves. Okay. Well, I'm not going to let my mess. It's not going to happen. 
Mikey, don't say that. Anything's possible, man. It's sports. Don't say that. I'm telling you, it can happen. You're talking about almost 23 games still left within the division at the end of the year. Dude, anything's possible. Don't discount. Right. I understand that. But all I'm saying, we've seen this soap opera before. It's a rare But sometimes the script isn't made to be the same, though. It's not. Mets, the Mets believe that they've learned from their past mistakes. And they, they're, they're doing it right now. I'm, am I drinking the Kool-Aid right now? A little bit. You got to go out there and win games. I get that. I totally understand that to, to that degree. But the bullpen still has to get better, obviously. But they, you know, you talk about having five horses in your, in your rotation and with the lineup that's in place right now and with the way how the schedule is set up right now. Dude, I'm telling you, anything is possible. I hear you. I understand. I appreciate as the fan of a crosstown rifle team, you also, you know, you know, and, you know, and, and not be mad at blah, 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 blah. All I'm saying is, I, we've seen this before, but I'll take it day by day. I'm not going to look at we couldn't Obviously not. But I'm just saying it day by day with them. And we almost and well we we lost games that we just won. I mean we're we're yeah, yes, I will. Sean, you there? You're breaking up. You're breaking up, man. You hear me well? Apologies, but yeah, man, we'll just take it uh, day by day, Will, and we'll just see. But I appreciate you being the resident Yankee fan, having a interest in uh, in my mess. You go enjoy your seventy wins, Will, by in August first, no, or whatever. No, else no, 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 no. It's not about that. It's not about that. I'm being dead serious here. Listen, and for my people that are watching right now. I'm going to say this, okay? Being an Islander and being a Jet fan, it's tough. It is. Correct. So I I don't know. Listen, I've had somebody on Twitter call me out the other day, actually yesterday, saying that, oh, you know, you got the best of both worlds, being a Yankee and a Laker fan, you, you know, you're a front runner, this, this, and that, for being for – being first off, hang on one second here, all right? I'm very fortunate – to get to see two chan- two franchises win ten championships within a span of twenty years, five five apiece in their sport. So let's let's not discount anything, okay? I'm very fortunate. But with that being said, like ha- it's whether here nor there. Sean, I get it. You're a Met fan, and being an Islander and a Jet fan, it comes with with the territory of losing. And you gotta sometimes you can't be like that guy from from uh, from Major League and be that fan. Be like, oh, they stink, and then they go on a winning streak. And you're like, shut up! 
you gotta be you gotta be you gotta have some positivity. You never know what's gonna happen in sports. You just never know. Like teams needed a starter. Was Jason Vargas bring back you no know, you no know, A plus B plus a prospect? No. But we trade him one, we trade him to a division team, which is bad. And then number two, who do we get back with? A twenty six year old career one ninety five hitter in the minor league. And we'll just take a wild guess at why we made the trade for that specific player, Will. Because he's he's this, the friends with the Suns owner or whatever? I don't know. He is the son of one of the friends of one of the Will Bombs. Will, you, 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 you just can't make these stories up. The Phillies needed a pitcher. You can gut them for who you want to gut them for, and instead you take a 26-year-old. I mean, he, I don't think he's a journeyman, but my God, I mean, I mean, you can't even sell right. You got Strowman, and well, I highly doubt the plan was to keep him. So I believe what you said. I believe that they did try to maybe trade him to the Yankees or trip him somewhere else, and everybody said no. So you got a guy to flip him, and you couldn't even flip him. So it's like, what are you doing? Like, I mean, I mean, well, I mean, it's 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 things like that. That why? Well, I'm just taking it day by day, because I don't want to get too happy, too antsy, and then they let me down. I take it day by day, and I'm able to handle it better. Way. I posted something on Instagram. He, uh, just a couple of, just like an hour ago, and I got a response from somebody here. It's from our friend Eric uh, Fischetti, who came on the show, and he asked the question. Actually, he states it. He states his uh, opinion here. You know, he goes, the market wasn't there for the Yanks, but their pitching still worries me. And for that, Eric, I just say, have faith, you know, like I said, once October comes around, anything is possible because you never know what's going to happen. You never know what's going to happen. And in the month of September, too, you never know what's going to happen in the month of, month of September either. We've seen crazy, crazy uh, things happen. So, like, for example, the 2011 Boston Red Sox choking a lead. Tampa Bay winds up getting the wild card that day, and they go, they go in the final day, and they, you know, they play, and that that was it. You know, you just never know what'll happen in the month of September. You just don't. So. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, as we saw, what, what, about what, ten years ago, or like twelve years ago, uh, going back that far, well, we saw uh, the Colorado uh, Rockies win like what 20, 26 straight. I think like 20, 20 games, something like that, going into September. That was crazy, that run in 09. Going that in. run in 2009, right. Yeah. And, and then, I'm saying, so, I mean, so, I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, that's once in a, you know, maybe lifetime type of run. But, I mean, you know, to your point, things like that can take place. And a caller said this, Will, and I'm sure you're going to agree with him. A caller said the reason why he's drinking the Kool-Aid with the mess is because 
will on New Year's, January 1st, 2019. Who is the last place team in the National Hockey League? I heard this one. I heard this one. I was listening. I, I know exactly who you're talking about. You're talking about Michael K. show, Caller called in. And, yes, sir. Yes, I know yes, exactly sir. what you're talking about. I, I, I listened to that, too. The, uh, the St. Louis yes. Blues were in last place. They wound up getting into the, into the dance, and they had the hot goalie in Bennington, and, you know, everything else is history after that, you know? Win Stanley Cup in seven games up at Boston. That's the like I said. That's the thing about sports. You just never know. Again, hockey is much different than baseball. I get that. I understand that. But you don't know. And then another thing to add on to that point. After listening to Don Lagreca's rant yesterday on the Mets and why you know he doesn't buy into it, and as far as the ownership goes. You got to understand one thing here with the fans and to get to, I actually tweeted this at him and Rosenberg and at Michael K himself. I didn't get a response back, but it is what it is, but it's the truth. When the Islanders went out and they had enough of Garth Snow and they had enough of what was going on, I'm telling you, Ledecky saw the billboard and he's just like, you know what? That's it. It's over. Fans paid for a billboard to get Garth Snow out after 12 years of being a GM. The fans have power. If you listen to the fan base a little bit, you know, you have you have your say. You do. You do. And the Islanders couldn't take it anymore as far as being inept and being in being in that, you know, being you know, in last place and everything like that. As far as media and trying to win goes and they wound up getting Lamarillo and Trots and they wound up ch- turning something here into from nothing into something. But the Met fan can learn from the Islander fan in that regard. It can happen. I mean, I mean, and, and, and so that's why, you know, you see, you know, like the optimism, man, you know, like, you know, like it's a never say never thing. But one thing to keep in mind, Will, is that, you you've mentioned September several times, and that's the key month because, as we see in hockey, we see in baseball, as we see mostly every sport, the most successful teams are usually the teams that are hot at the end of their regular season, heading into the playoffs. The only exception is basketball because if you clinch, then you rest your guys, yada yada yada. But St. Louis was hot because they were playing playoff. Uh, hockey, literally from the first of the year, well, <laughs> they were playing playoff hockey to get back into the conversation, to get back into the race. Boston is an exception last year because they had a season that, you know, we may never ever see winning 110 games, so on and so forth. But it's usually the teams that go, that go into the playoffs hot. And a perfect example, Will, is the San Francisco uh the Giants. They won 2010, 2012, and 2014, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, 2010, 2012, and 2014. That's correct. Well, I believe 2010 and 2014, they were the wildcard team, which means you had to get in playing well to even qualify, and they were able to ride that hot streak into a championship. I think it was both of those years or one of them, but so, I mean, you know what I'm saying? So, it's going to be very interesting to see who the hot teams are in September. Well, that's why, well, 
I'm saying Labor Day, if we're still playing like this, depending on how the standings look, I'll talk to you. Because if we're hot now and then we go into a tailspin next month, what's the point? When a team that's in a tailspin now can become hot September. Yeah, the Reds and the Pirates are playing bad. I think the Pirates are out. But the Reds just got the Trevor Power to add to that staff that has pitched really, really well. Right. The Reds could go on a winning 15 of 20 stretch. I mean, if the rest of the uh, Essential having a down year, you never know. So I get that you never know a standpoint, but sometimes that standpoint goes out the window, Will, when you are talking about a specific franchise. That's my beef. I mean, or, well, not my beef, but that's my thing. I'm not discrediting or not believing what you're saying. I'm just saying, let's remember the franchise that we are talking about. And look, and another thing too here with, with the fans here, everybody clamoring over, you know, not getting prospects at all, not getting a pitcher at all, or anything like that. Oh, they should have gotten Bowie. They should have went out and gotten uh, Baumgartner. We don't know. See, this is this is what proves it with with us as fans. We don't know what goes on and what what happens in, in in the mind of a general manager or what goes on in the office of a general manager and an owner because of trades like Trevor Bauer going to the Reds because of you know Marcus Stroman going to the Mets. Oh, well, why did the Blue Jays make that deal? Why did the Reds make that deal? You know, why the Indians make that deal for him to go to the Reds? The Padres, they gave up Fran Mil Reyes and uh, another player, and the Reds wound up giving up Puig for to for clear. You just don't know. You don't know what's going on in that in that office. And sometimes, like I said, you don't know. You're not playing for this year. You're playing for next year. And everybody on the talk shows and in the newspapers, they're all talking about, 2020, if the Mets spend money, we don't know if the Mets are going to spend money or not. You know? But it, it, it's going to happen. At least one would think, right? You know? I, I don't know. But we, it's just something that, you know, sometimes you can't look at right now. You got to look at things three steps ahead as being like a chess player just about, you know? That's the way how it ultimately works. We shall see, Will. We shall see. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and then also, too, like other moves that we didn't even mention here, uh, as we'll get into right now, obviously the Astros, they got Zach Granke. They wound up getting Aaron Sanchez and uh, Bianchi from uh, Toronto and uh, Martin Maldonado. And then the Braves, they wound up getting uh, Shane Green to bolster their bullpen with Chris Martin from the Giants. Giants wound up letting go. Of their uh, of their contract situation with uh, Mark Melanson, and then the Indians they get uh, Yasiel Puig and Fran Mill Reyes, and then another move that goes under the radar is is Jesus Aguilar. You know, so there's a lot of uh, a lot of moving pieces here, to say the very least. So just to give just to give you a uh, an update, Sean, on what, what has happened. The Braves, like I said, they wound up getting Shane Green, closer from Detroit, has excellent stuff. Chris Martin from Texas and Mark McClanson, who the Giants, they signed to a big deal, and he goes over to the Braves, probably be like a, a late innings guy at this point. The Indians, they get Puig and Reyes. Uh, 
the Rays, they get Jesus Aguilar, the former all-star first baseman, big-time big slugger. And the Mets, they get Marcus Stroman. So, you know, we don't know what will happen. But out of those moves, like, what what do you see as far as, like, those teams, what they've done, Sean? Well, the well, the bullpen help the Braves got that was huge because their rotation is kind of coming into its own. So that was huge for them. Um, you know, that was definitely a good move. Um, I know the Astros made the Granky move, but I, I like the two other pitches that that they got from uh, Toronto. I like the Aaron Sanchez move because Sanchez can start and he can come out of the pen. And the other bullpen guy that they had, uh, Toronto has a lot of guys having good years. But they just haven't been able to put it together to have a good team. So to get two of those guys, you know, um, you know, uh, that was pretty pretty big. And and um, and the other move that I really really liked well, was, um, uh, oh shoot, oh shoot, uh, it just uh, slipped my mind, my mind. But that was another sneaky good move. When it comes back, um, I'll uh, I'll uh, say it well. But that was another real sneaky good move and. You know, teams like the Astros, well, they could pull all these big moves because their farm system is really deep. Like, they gave Arizona four players for one guy. And they had to give Toronto, you know, some other players for some other guys. And I guarantee you that their farm is still deep. So, I mean, you know, and so this is why it's important to have a deep farm. And this is why, you know, guys like Ryan, uh, the Cashman, makes a smart move because at the end of the day, you know you're not going to mortgage the deep farm that you have just for, you know, uh, three, four months. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you got to see what happens. got to see what happens here. But, Sean, you have any final thoughts on this uh, on this episode? No, with a lot of uh, baseball, we see how the second half, well, we're deep into the second half now. So we'll see how it continues to go. And, uh, you know, uh, Yankee fans have faith, and Mets fans don't uh, don't drink the Kool Aid. You know, take it day by day, and let's see where we are. Well, you're right about that with the day by day stuff, but have hope. Anything's possible, Mets fans, and you know anything is possible going down the stretch here. And uh, you know, as far as the Yankees go, listen, don't boil you, don't don't get yourself uh, heated up over the fact that Cashman didn't get any pitches. He knows what he's doing, and. Like I said before, you don't make a move to make a move. You just don't. And to try and get the, the wrong guy here and everything like that could be, you know, disastrous in the whole grand scheme of things here. But it's all about October. That's what it is with the Yankees. But they they know what's uh what's set, what's uh what they're trying to do. For everybody here at Gotham Podcast Studios, for Johnny, our wonderful producer, controlling the ones and twos behind the glass. And for my wonderful co-host, Sean Thomas, a.k.a. Sean T., I am your host, Will Trucci, logging out from Gotham Podcast Studios here in Manhattan. We will talk to you guys soon.